0: Hello, and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 63, and it is the first installment of a new recurring series here on the show called Jammin' Around Japan. And to help me kick this thing off here is the host of the podcast, Wrestling Omikaze, which is also part of the VOW Podcast Network. It's my good friend, John Carroll. Hello, John.
1: Hi, Andrew. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. Just off of work at 1 o'clock today. Got tomorrow off. Everything's great. Although I guess the timeline will make no sense when people hear this.
0: But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're uh, We're doing this on July 3rd. This is the recording date, so uh, right before uh, big Fourth of July weekend and whatnot. But uh, everybody you know, knows
1: my favorite holiday. Big fan. Yes, big yes, fan yes, of yes. the America.
0: <laughs> We're all aware of of how patriotic John Carroll is. We we all know that. But <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're here, though. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I mean, you're like the perfect person to do this episode with me because it's about Japanese wrestling themes. Uh, Anybody who knows you knows that you're a massive Japanese wrestling fan. You watch uh, multiple promotions, not just one or two. The the title of your podcast has a Japanese word in it. So I, I think I made a pretty good choice going with you here for this one, John.
1: Like I said on Twitter, you you went to your rolodex. You are like, okay, I have this idea for this Japanese episode, so you went to your rolodex. You went to the page marked Ryabu, <laughs> and I was there number one with a bullet. So,
0: <laughs> well, well, you were recently in Japan for a few weeks on a big wrestling trip. Uh, you, you went to the Super Juniors finals, the Dominion show, um, Dragon Gate, DDT. J stage, J stage, J stage, right? Yeah, um, Michinoku Pro, can't forget those. Gato move. Um, yeah, you went to like ten shows or, or somewhere close to that.
1: Yeah, ten, which is actually down for me because um, I went with my I went with my girlfriend, and you know I didn't think she really wanted to wait for me to go to like sixteen shows, which is what I went to on my last trip. So I cut back. So it was ten shows and about. Fifteen days compared to sixteen, in about the same amount of time, maybe a couple more days. I don't, I don't remember how long my twenty seventeen trip was now.
0: but Yeah, and uh, I, I know Kelly Harris was there too. Uh, Taylor Mainburg, um, Paul, Paul, Paul volsch right? Uh, Alan Cunahan, his wife Sarah. Uh, Jojo Remy went to a few shows because he lives in Japan, obviously. Um, I, I mean, I probably could have done the trip too. Uh, I I do have the means, but uh, I also I, I lack the paid vacation days that uh, everyone else seems to have. But uh, you know, one day I'll make the trip over to Japan and uh, go to Tokyo and, and Cork and Hall and Osaka and all those places. So w- one day, I'm sure.
1: Well, my next trip, Andrew, you got like two years so to get a job with paid vacation. But I'm probably <laughs> not going back again until. Um, like the end of 2021 because i'm trying to do it i'm doing it like every two years now so and i probably i I just i'm kind of telling myself i finally need to do a wrestle kingdom because it's like the last big new japan thing i haven't done so i've done the g1 final i've done dominion now so again i've even done i did the last invasion attack for the change of name so you know now i guess up, up next will be wrestle kingdom even though like people who actually like live in japan will tell you it's really not anything like being in the building for Wrestle Kingdom, I guess, is the draw. But, like, as far as like your sight lines, it's like the worst show you can go to. So. Oh, yeah, it's a
0: baseball stadium. You know, yeah. <laughs> it, it's not built for wrestling, it's built for baseball.
1: Yeah. So. I, I have been to Tokyo Dome twice, including on this last trip, but I went there for baseball. So, Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, John, we are here on the first edition of Jammin' Around Japan. Uh, I can't call it Bouncing Around Japan because Rich and Joe have the trademark on that, and I don't want to get sued, but... Uh, <laughs> When's
1: the last time they even did that segment, though? I'm trying to, I was thinking about this when you said that on Twitter. I was like, I can't remember the last time we bounced around Japan. Well,
0: there's the whole, you know, bouncing around uh, brand, I guess. Uh, you know, bouncing mm-hmm. around Japan, bouncing around the indies, bouncing around Lucha. You know, th- th- that's their thing. That's true. And I figured jamming around Japan, you know, jamming would be good to tie into the music and fit the whole theme of the show.
1: And by the way, the name of the Arcade Games Expo in Japan is JAMA. Ah. So, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I don't, as soon as you said JAMA around Japan, I just kept thinking Jamma. But I don't know. You can probably cut that out, honestly.
0: <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, uh Jamin around Japan is where we will look at eight theme songs, each one coming from a different Japanese promotion I will say now that we will not do a New Japan theme because, you know, we've covered just so much New Japan on the podcast already. And with this episode here, I, I kind of wanted to show some love to the other promotions in Japan there, John.
1: So, you now I I did make a last minute push to get Taichi theme on here because... I thought it was only fitting, but... I
0: already did that too. with the New Japan Grab Bag episode with Damon last year, so no dice, sir. <laughs> um, and, and I'll say as well that we're not going to go super obscure here. Um, if you're like at least somewhat knowledgeable about Japanese wrestling, there's a good chance that you'll know both the wrestlers and the promotions. Uh, we're not going to do tradition or Secret Base, or Hard Hit, or Land's End. Where's my goddamn
1: Oz Academy?
0: (laughs) Again, not today, John, not today. (laughs) Maybe a little too deep in the first episode, I think.
1: (laughs) I went to to an Oz Academy show for the first time, and it's it's very sad we're not going to represent them here.
0: Yeah, we'll save that for, like, the uh, 8th edition, I think. (laughs) So, uh, John, I'm ready. I know you're ready. So without further ado, it's time... To go jammin' around Japan. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, My lawyers are telling me now that uh, the Orient Express theme has also been trademarked by Rich and Joe, so we can't play (laughs) it, unfortunately. Um, Luckily, though, uh, we do have other music to play, starting with this first theme here from Pro Wrestling Noah. And when I think of Noah, I think of this guy. He's been with them since the beginning. Very much, I think, the face of the company. He's held all their titles. He's the vice president of Noah, currently. It is, of course, Naomichi Marafuji. And Marafuji's theme for many years has been by Takafumi Matsuda. It can be found on plenty of albums. I found this on Pro Wrestling Noah theme album, Departure. This is called... Hysteric. Here we go! Agree, John. Right off the bat here, that this song is just plain awesome. Um, I know it's one of your favorite themes of all time. I love it too. It's just—it's so catchy and energetic, and really gets you hyped up for wrestling. And I love how the intro really sets the tone, kicking it off with "Here we go!" Bah, 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 bah. No long build-up, no moody intro, none of that stuff. It's just—it's—it's it's full speed ahead from the beginning.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a, one of my favorites, like you said, even when I was just first getting into Puro and in like the early ops, it was, uh, you know, a theme song I left onto right away since Noah was one of the companies I was watching right at the beginning. Um, but yeah, I mean, Marafuji, his theme song always stood out. I mean, he stood out at the time. He was like this very colorful, uh, you know, this junior heavyweight, you know, in a company full of old grumpy old grumpy heavyweights he's like this young junior you know with this like colorful kind of persona and you know this very exciting wrestling style i think the theme song really matches that very exciting wrestling style that he especially had when he first started
0: right right and the title of the song is perfect too hysteric it's high intensity high energy the music is bouncing off the walls. Uh, It's mostly techno, but there's a little rock edge to it as well, if you listen closely. But it's just hysteria from start to finish. Uh, I think you would make this comparison as well, John, that it's like a DDR song, where there's constantly something going on, and it's techno, and it's manic, even like the little bit of vocals in there, you know, move that body, move that body, sensation, new vibration. It's the kind of stuff you would hear in a rhythm game to keep it going and keep it motivated.
1: Yeah, it's a very like uh, I don't know. They they love dance music in general in Japan. I mean, you know, lots of countries do, obviously, but it definitely sounds like something that would be that wouldn't have been out of place on like DDR Stream or you know one of the mixes around then. So I'm not re- I'm I always kind of thought about it actually. Like, should I try to make my own step file? for for hysteric if I ever learned how to make step files I would have probably done it for hysteric, but it's like the perfect kind of song for that.
0: hmm Yeah, yeah. And like you said, it, it totally fits with Marafuji's style as a wrestler too. Like he, he's zipping around the ring, doing all these cool kicks and springboards and uh the shooting star press used to do and the Shiranui Nui Kai and he wears those cool masks to the ring. He very much looks and wrestles like the song, where it's fast-paced and kinetic and futuristic, even. And I think the story goes—I'm pretty sure this is true—that Marafuji himself found this song on like a random techno CD back in the day.
1: I believe that's correct. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think he made a pretty good choice too, because he's had it for you know years and years now.
1: He didn't pick a song that I guess was easy to clear the rights to, because it got muted every single time he would be on New Japan World, which yeah. <laughs> which pissed me off every single time.
0: Right, right. And uh, one more thing for me about this song, I think as a side effect, it really accentuates the differences between Marafuji and Kenta. Yes. Because Kenta-Fuji was just a fucking awesome tag team, and the two of them work so well together, but at the end of the day, they're very much two different guys. Like, on the one hand, you've got Marafuji coming out to this, you know, boppy entrance theme with his colorful masks and his long tights, and on the other hand, you've got... Angry Boy Kenta in the yellow and brown trunks coming out to hip-hop. So it it really highlights, I think, just how different these two guys are.
1: See, now you're a Kenta Fuji guy, huh? I was always a Maru Kenta guy, as far as what the team name should be. <laughs> but but no, I agree. I mean, it's really just like two very different personas, and they get it across right in their theme songs. Since you brought up Kenta, by the way, what do you think of his new New, new Japan
0: theme? Um, I'd have to listen to it on its own first, because... They did play it in like a hype video and there's like talking bits over it. Yeah. But from what I've heard, it sounds pretty good. Um I, I know you, you can't replicate that, that same feeling as when he came out to you know, the the hip hop in Noah, you know, T I or, or Where the Hood at or whatever, yeah. but I think once I hear it in full, I can judge this new song better.
1: Yeah. I mean it sounds cool and but it's definitely not not really going with that hip hop vibe that he had at the time. I still remember he came out to like the champ is here on uh, a random when he before he'd actually won the title I think again the Tokyo Dome against Kanemaru which is still one of my favorite like theme song moments of all time he's like he's so confident he's gonna beat Kanemaru it's like yep the champ's here
0: coming out to the Rey Mysterio Junior Jam in ROH <laughs> like it's this totally random song but it's hip hop and it's Kento so it, it oddly works I think
1: <laughs> yeah but Marfuji I think came out to Hysteric every single time in, in Ring of Honor because I, I saw him in Ring of Honor a lot and It felt like I heard that song quite a few times.
0: Up next is a man who puts the big in Big Japan Pro Wrestling. It's the muscle monster Daisuke Sekimoto, one half of the tag team Strong BJ. Uh, BJ meaning Big Japan, folks, not the other one. (coughs) All right, get get serious now, people. Come on. Uh, He's in the team with Yuji Okabayashi. And Sekimoto has had success in a number of promotions, Big Japan, All Japan, DDT, Zero One, all sorts of places. His theme is off of the 2002 album BJW Theme Song Collection. It's by Yamazaki Tenkei, and it's called Crown of Winner. definitely not in the same vein as Hysteric. It's it, it's a different kind of song, that's for sure. Very much, I think, similar to a lot of classic pro themes that have the hard and heavy rock guitars mixed in with, like, the schmaltzy 80s keyboards, and there is a lot of emotion and, and power with how it's being played, and a real sense of class as well. Uh, even the title has a serious vibe to it. Crown of Winner. It feels very official and sports-like, and given that it's Sekimoto, that makes a lot of sense there, John.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's not—he's a very no-nonsense type of guy, so it makes—I think it really works for him. It's just like, yeah, you're gonna hear some—I don't know—almost funky-esque guitar guitar licks, but like, it's very like you know serious and like you know this is this is like the champion, or at least if he's not the champion, he's almost always like a top guy and like and the ace of the strong division so it really does fit him wild it reminds me of like um like you're saying like like past themes for like ace type wrestlers as like a very it has it does have like sort of an 80s vibe to it it sounds like something you could picture like antonio and noki coming out to or something
0: yeah it's very old school in that sense and sakamoto is a guy who's also very old school like he's got the black trunks and the black boots and He's a big meat man who beats people up. That's it. That's all there is to him. And he doesn't have a wacky gimmick or, or, or anything like that. He's just a violent wrestler. And even the keyboards in the song, I think, they're, they're not like Marafuji keyboards. They're not over-the-top crazy techno. I think they add a little bit of variety to the song, but they don't take away from how badass Sekimoto is. Yeah. And like
1: you said, it was on a 2002 album, so he's had this theme song for like nearly 20 years now which is kind of crazy to think about but i mean people don't realize how long he's been how how long he's actually been around i think because you know not that many people even in like the hardcore uh english-speaking japanese wrestling community were watching a lot of big japan in like 2004 so but i, I feel, think he feels newer than he actually is sometimes to people but he's been around a long time and the theme song has been exactly the same for 17 years so
0: and this is the strong bj theme as well which also works because it's not like okabayashi is this you know tiny cruiserweight guy he's also <laughs> a very big thick man in black boots and trunks who beats people up yeah. so it works as both a singles theme and as a tag team theme because um the strong bj team is such a natural pairing of two very similar guys
1: yeah it's a very it's a very like almost chill theme but like in a way where it's like you know, this guy's such a badass, that, or them as a team, that they don't need, like, big, you know, uh, rocking guitars or whatever to, to warn you. It's just like, yeah, we're going to come out to some, like, almost elevator-sounding music, whatever. You know, if you uh, if you got a problem with that, we'll just kick your ass anyway. So. <laughs>
0: uh, John, I have a very important question to ask you now. Who is the cutest in the world? Uh,
1: I believe that would be Maki Ito.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. The correct answer is Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. Tell me what the consolation prize is, Johnny. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, the answer is indeed Maki Ito, uh, the woman who stole my heart. WrestleMania Weekend. Uh, go back and listen to the uh, Mania Weekend episode I did a few months ago and hear the whole story on that. But um, yeah, Maki is one of the stars of Tokyo Joshi Pro which is one of the Joshi promotions in Japan, and a sub-promotion of DDT Wrestling, which we'll get to later on here. She's also a former Japanese idol, which is a big part of her character, uh, including her theme song, because she and fellow wrestler Mizuki, together known as the Ito Respect Army, sing Maki's theme song. It's called Setsu Nairo, translated The Color of Sadness. Whoa, 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 The story of Maki Ito, and uh, John, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, is that she was an idol in this group called, I think it's called Linku or Link? I
1: think it's I, I think it's Link. It could, okay. be, it could be Linku, but I'm pretty sure it's Link. I'm not a not an expert on Link, unfortunately. Okay, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's,
0: that's fine, that's fine. And um, she was there for a few years, and then they fired her, because I, I think she wasn't popular enough or she wasn't cute enough or her head no, 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 no. okay I can give what you what was the... it John what was it
1: well this I can this I can tell you about a little bit so so the reason why Maki Ito so Maki Ito was an idol I don't know if people listening really knows what that means in a Japanese context so I will quickly try to explain that basically idol groups in Japan are you know these these all girl groups um, you know they usually recruit girls from all over the country and they're usually quite large, you know, especially the the more mainstream ones. And, you know, basically, you're starting usually under 18. You know, you're starting... Um, basically, it's a struggle to stand out, right? That's, like, one of the big struggles, because you're in this group with, like, any 40 people in it, yeah, yeah. sometimes it can be, like, 40 people. I, I think Link wasn't really that many. I, right now, looking at their lineup, it looks like it's about 11 or 12, so they're a little bit smaller than like your AKBs but like you know you still gotta stand out among 12 people and it's not easy so what Maki did and Maki has talked a lot about this in you know in some of the stuff she said and like some of the other you know things and like how uncomfortable she was especially at first Um, but basically what she what she tried to do was she tried to be um, you know she tried to have a, a persona that was more intimidating than anything or like off-putting or like you know obviously a lot of idols will try to be very happy and uh, you know alluring which is I guess the point of idols right so Maki's like to stand out I'm gonna like just fucking frown at everybody instead of smiling and I'm just gonna like you know kind of come off unapproachable
0: and antithetical to the idol spirit
1: yeah right? that kind of worked in the fact that it did make her stand out and it did get her noticed but it also did not work and that obviously she was never it was never she was never going to be the most popular one doing stuff like that so you know she just wasn't very popular as far as, far as I understand it as an idol in the group and you know they, they do like things where like they have a center basically to a song so the, the idol singing and that's like the most prominent idol in that song is considered the center of the song. The one who's getting the most lines, basically getting to sing the most. And I think she had a real trouble like getting a, um, like getting a center, getting to be the center of a song. So I'm not an idol expert, by the way. So if any of this is wrong, <laughs> idol fans can feel free to correct me. I just, I have friends who are very, very into idols. So I'm just reciting what I've picked up and what I've read. Um. But yeah, so Maki basically, while still an idol, she was like, well, I'm not really succeeding this way. I have an idea. I'm going to go train to be a pro wrestler. (laughs) Now, how the fuck she had that idea, I have no idea. I've never read that. I don't know. if she. I think she just went to a DDT show or something and just happened to, like, get recruited. But she decided to start training for a wrestler as an idol. So at first, she was like, the idol you can fight right now. And then Link, like, decided, you know... We don't really love this. Uh, You're fired. So she went from being the idol you can fight right now to the fired idol you can fight right now. So if anyone's wondering what Link means, by the way, it stands for Love in Kyushu, um, which you don't actually spell Kyushu with a Q, but I guess it works as far as like a weird English Japanese pun. But they they were based in Fukuoka, so way out west, or are still based in Fukuoka, so way out west in the island of Kyushu. But yeah, so she's no longer an idol; she's full-time uh, wrestler. Except, she does still perform um, idol concerts. And you know, they this song, as you know, as you were saying, was recorded with her and Mizuki, who, as far as I know, has no idol background. I mean, Mizuki is actually a you know been around as a wrestler for a while. She started way back in 2012, so years before she went to Tokyo Joshi in 2017. But I guess she just is like, you know, a wrestler happened to be a pretty good singer. And that's why Maki Ito decided to team up with her. And they, you know, they performed the song together. Uh, the song has a music video, which if people haven't seen, it's really kind of cool. They just, they sing and then they like intermittently like beat up the camera. Like uh, Mizuki like out, throws a forearm and Maki Ito headbutts it. And Mizuki like stomps on the camera. But they're very, they're very violent to the poor camera. But yeah, so, and they do concerts. I mean, Maki Ito's even talked about, I don't, I don't think they're that frequent, but like Maki, I remember there was like a famous video where she like, sh- she showed like the, the seating chart of all the seats she had to, had to sell. Oh, I saw and that, yeah. Yeah, she like screamed at the camera, like why are there so many seats to sell?
0: I have to sell all of these seats? Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> and she starts beating up the paper.
1: Yeah, it's, it's great. I mean Magio's entire character is basically like peak millennial that's basically her like she goes back from being like incredible self confidence like ridiculous self confidence to to like depression like those are her only two moods is she has she has like a totally unearned um like incredible belief in herself. Even when faced with, like, Aja Kong, she somehow still thinks she's going to kick her ass and win.
0: Gives her the finger. Yeah, (laughs) Gives her
1: the finger and, like, goes down fighting. She's definitely... You can call Maki Maki Ito many things. You cannot call her a coward.
0: Well, getting back to the song here, uh, (laughs) this whole song is about, you know, overcoming adversity and believing in yourself and don't let others tell you what to do. And, yeah, times are tough, but keep going. You're strong enough It's the Maki Ito story. Yeah. It's her story in song form. And if you look at the lyrics here translated, it's so easy to think of all the reasons there are to tell myself I'll never make it. But none of them are true, and I can't give up. I don't want to regret it. I just want to move forward. So if I go at the same pace as everyone else, I'll never be number one. If I'm going to win, then I've got to start running even though they'll whisper behind my back, there's only one path I should take. Never be afraid, never be afraid. Because if our lives are going to end one day, you've got to jump in. You've got to jump right in. Don't doubt yourself, don't doubt yourself. You've only got one chance at life. Don't do what they tell you, don't do what they say. If you're a real woman, fall with grace, fall with grace, then bloom again. Like, those are not new concepts, necessarily. But the fact that this is clearly inspired by her story, these are her words, and it's being sung in her voice, I think it really adds to the emotion and the weight of the song, John.
1: Yeah, it's a great song. I'm sad that they retired it in favor of a new theme, which I don't like the new theme as much, but I get why, because it kind of made no sense for Mizuki to still be singing it when they broke up last year. But um, but yeah, it's just a great, a great, great, great song, so um and like you said very much fits the theme um of her whole character and you know i sometimes like before i watched the video i had no idea that she was saying war <laughs> before yeah i thought it's they like, were
0: saying whoa whoa uh, whoa 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 no, whoa, she, whoa, they're whoa saying
1: war both of them so that becomes obvious you watch the video because they like subtitle that word there so
0: yeah and i think that sums up so well the duality of maki ito where She's so inspiring and cute and she still dresses like an idol and whatnot. But she's also this like fearless warrior badass who swears and headbutts people and gives them the finger. Like she's not going to back down from a fight at all. She's going to go on the attack and go to war and choke a motherfucker out if she needs to.
1: Yeah. I mean, she doesn't give a shit. I mean, look, she went right in Konosuke Takashita's face and was like, motherfucker, let's fight. And I'm like, that is a much... not. That's, you you didn't just pick a fight with a larger man. You went and picked the a fight Ace with like... The Ace
0: of DDT. Yeah, the <laughs> Ace of
1: DDT. She's like, I'm not fucking satisfied fighting just other women in Tokyo-Joshi. I want to fight the Ace of DDT too, which is really kind of cool. But that's just what her character is. She just doesn't give a shit.
0: Yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. Yeah, We're going to go now to Dragon Gate and talk about one of their up-and-coming wrestlers. Dragon Gate has a bunch of younger guys who are on the ascent there and uh, trying to make a name for themselves in wrestling. Benkei, Shun Skywalker, Yuki Yoshioka, Dragon Dia, The Big Cat, Haya Watanabe. Today we'll be looking at the theme of Kaito Ishida, who is a member of the Maximum Stable. His theme is by a band called Cold Ride, one word, all caps, K-O-L-D-R-Y-D-E, it's off of Dragon Gate Official Soundtrack Over Generation 2018. It's called Just a Kick Boy.
1: I just kick boy. I just a kick boy. Oh, I just kick boy. I just a kick Cool, good boy. The beat on your life. Ever, ever. Kick down, kick down. Yeah. Just what this. Boy.
0: for for night I keep You know, John, some of these themes, they're just so complicated. You know, like, the intricacies, the complexities of it all, they're just too hard to understand sometimes. And I think this song is a good example of that. I just kick boy. I'm just a kick boy. John, I'm so confused here. What is this all about?
1: Uh, I believe it is about how he enjoys kicking.
0: I don't know about that. I don't know. But uh, in all seriousness, this is not a hard concept to grasp, for sure. Like, Kaito Ishida is a wrestler who does a lot of kicks in his offense. That's his thing. So, fuck it. Why not just go with a song that is all about being a kickboy? Like, I I don't know what the other lyrics are, because they're in Japanese and I couldn't find a translation of them, but honestly... You don't need to know about that kind of stuff, I think. Just, it, it says everything right there in the chorus with those two lines. And I find oftentimes that the best themes are also the simplest, John.
1: Yeah, this is a good one. I really, I really enjoy this one. Uh, I haven't seen a live Dragon Gate this year, so the first time I heard it was when I went to their Horkin show during my Japan trip a few weeks ago. And I don't, I don't remember who Ishida was even fighting, but I just remember he did come up to his theme. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty awesome new theme for Ishida. It's very catchy. So I down I went and like found it like pretty much as soon as I got home. So Um It's by a band called Col so Cold Ride, by the way, is supposed to be like cool, dry and ride. So that's like the three words they decided to put together, except in you know, different spelling. And they're supposed to be they're like a rap rock mixed band from Tokyo, people are wondering. Look like they've been around since about twenty seventeen. So not sure why they ended up doing Dragon Gate's theme, but uh, they, you know, Dragon Gate went out and f- apparently found a found a band they liked.
0: I think this is also on a Cold Ride album, yeah. too, so Dragon Gate probably got it from that, I, I think. But um, I, I think the genre, it, it works well for Ashida as well, uh, this attitudinal punk rock kind of song. It, it works for him because he's a younger guy. He's got that young punkish attitude within him trying to come up against the veterans. And it's a blunt force type of sound, too. Very sharp and in your face, just like Ishida's kicks are. So it's perfect. Yeah. Um, A little funny story here. Uh, About a couple months ago, Alan Cunahan on Twitter was like, wait a minute, is Kaito Ishida's music actually I just kick boy, I am just a kick boy? (laughs) And I told him, yes, Alan, it is. And he was like, you need to do a Music of the Mad episode right now. (laughs) So, uh, Alan, if you're listening, there you go, buddy. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) It is really
1: ridiculously catchy. So I have to give him credit. It's like, it is stuck in my head. I don't think, I'm not sure if it's off an album, but I think they did make it for them.
0: Really? I, I, I could think, have sworn they, I saw it on they an They put
1: it on their album, I think. Uh, because they, okay. I'm looking at their list of albums. The first thing I it in is, like, it says 2018 628 release, Wrestling Dragon Gate over Generation 2018. So he's had this longer than I thought. Wow, I really, I'm really behind on Dragon Gate, apparently. And then it says 2018 9-5, second mini album, DeSera, and it's on DeSera, so... Yeah. Okay. So
0: I, it was the reverse of what I thought it was. Okay, then thanks. Yeah. 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 So
1: I think they like they it, I don't know. It seems a little weird that they would they would write a song about a kick boy. And like,
0: uh, you never know. You <laughs> never know <laughs> with bands. Who these the days. fuck Come they? Come on.
1: <laughs> who are they writing? So Did they, they make the song about I don't know uh, Okuda? <laughs> Who's you drink? never
0: know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they saw they saw Okuda and DNA, and they were like, "Oh, he's a kick boy," or like. Keisuke Ishii, and then Dragon gets like, well, it works for Ishii too. I don't
0: know. Well, we brought it up earlier, but now it's time to delve fully into the world of DDT wrestling. And if Marufuji is the face of Noah, then this guy is the face of DDT, because he's not only wrestled for the company since the beginning, he's also one of the founders of the company, and he's also the current president of the company. It's Senshiro Takagi. And his theme is by everybody's favorite German techno band, Scooter. Um, It's also the only German techno band that I think everybody (laughs) knows. (laughs) Good old Scooter. Uh, The original version of this song is found on their 1997 album Age of Love. But Takagi uses a remix of the song called Fire TPR Mix. All right, everybody, it's time to open up a can <laughs> of T2 heyday whoopass. If you want to see Stone Cold, give Gorgeous Matsuno a Stone Cold stunner. GIMME A HELL YEAH! (laughs) So a little explanation here, Takagi does a Stone Cold Steve Austin parody gimmick. He's got the black trunks, the black wrist tape, one of his finishers is the stunner, and in his theme song, it's littered with the Stone Cold glass shatter. It is all over this thing. Now I don't know if the rest of the song actually matches up with Stone Cold Steve Austin himself, all that much but i think in its own right it's a pretty fun song regardless john uh,
1: i think it was made for takagi right i find it hard to believe yeah yeah i think so yeah they happen to find a song with the stone cold glass in it because <laughs> because like scooter like apparently liked it enough to post it to his official channel in like 2014 but he puts it as like scooter fire tpr mix and this is like in kanji uh nihongo like mix basically like nihongo version so like Japanese version so um, but yeah I mean I just thought that was interesting that he like he apparently heard what they did and liked it enough to put it on his own channel so but unless unless it was like a mix that they just happened to make and he Takagi just found it and was like oh well it's got the glass but I doubt it but yeah I mean like it he was like a stone-cold cosplayer basically like that was his entire gimmick when he first started and we're talking like I mean he started when Austin was a you know the top star in wrestling he started in like nineteen eighty nine. So he started at the same time as Austin and then outlasted him by like several decades because he's still wrestling to this day. I mean, he was just on the main event of last Corican. So it is kind of funny how that worked out. And he still, you know, he still does the all four corners pose. And in fact, he times it to the music, you know, especially the last one where he basically, you know, do the three corners, you know, put the arms up and then he'll go to that fourth corner and he'll wait. And wait for the music to get to the, the next glass and the, and the guy yelling fire because I guess there's a there's like a little bit of a bridge there. And then that's when he'll put his arms up and that's when the entire crowd at Corkin will do it. And my favorite part actually is when he's waiting and waiting for to do that. If we're Back when he used to team with Awashi a lot, you mentioned Tidu Hide, which is unfortunately no longer with us. But back when him and Awashi were teamed together, Awashi would always put his arms up, too, for the the glass break-like arm pose. But he would do it in a way that like, made it clear he has no fucking interest in this whatsoever. <laughs> it would be like, yeah, here we go, the arms thing, okay. Basically, which I always found really funny.
0: Yeah, it's a very manic song, uh, much like Marafuji's theme is. But with Marafuji's theme... The mania was streamlined, if that makes sense. You know, it's just that one guy on a DDR machine going nuts. This is, like, so much bigger. This is a giant rave going on. You've got the Eurodance. You've got the gang vocals with the, hey, hey, hey. The speedy guitariffs. The, woo! The fast-paced vocals. Back to the family. A guaranteed emergency. One, two, three. Fire! fire. It's a whole big to-do. Just so hectic and so busy. And perhaps this is DDT's way of saying that shit is about to go down. Much like how in WWE, the glass would shatter and people would go crazy because here comes Austin to raise some hell. Here the glass shatters and this crazy rave music hits and it evokes the same response.
1: Well, it's one of those songs to me where the entrance feels like an event to the crowd, you know? Like the crowd is super into... You know, doing the pose with him. And I don't know, it just feels like when, when you attend D. T. shows, whether it's the one here in America or especially in Japan, it just seems like the crowd is, like, very into doing the pose with, in time with Takagi. And, like, just, if the, I don't know, like, the, some theme songs just feel like, you know, an, an event. And this, to me, like, feels like it. Like, this entrance feels like, you know, something people... Think of when I think of DDT. I'm like, oh, well, what am I going to see at DDT? Well, I know I'm going to see Takagi's entrance and it's gonna, I'm going to do the arm thing. So I'm sure it is like part of a, a little mini draw, if that makes sense to people. Uh, and I think that the glass shadowing effect works like shockingly well with the song.
0: Yeah, it's mixed really well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they did a really good job.
0: And I think the song also matches the chaotic nature of DDT in general. Yeah. You know, DDT is. One big crazy party with pool fights and sex dolls and hardcore matches and sodomy and <laughs> whatever the fuck Hoshitango is. Like, <laughs> there's just so much crazy madness going on. So the fact that the president of the company has this song as his theme is quite fitting, I think.
1: Yeah, I think it does really fit him really well. and It's a really fun song to karaoke, too.
0: Which we did so, at Mania Weekend, we did, yeah. Yeah. Do you think at the DDT show in New York that there was like at least one guy in the crowd who had never seen DDT before and he heard the glass shatter and was like, is Stone Cold here? What's going on?
1: Probably. not. Probably not like the fu- when Shinsuke's theme came out and like everyone, yeah. like, like, half the crowd thought they were getting Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm like, no guys, you're getting Shinsuke. Yeah. Uh, which is much better, honestly, in 2019. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, that Half that crowd needed to like... Chill, I guess. I don't
0: know. More effort, at least, you know? (laughs)
1: Much more effort,
0: yeah. We're going to go back now to the world of Joshi here, uh, specifically Stardom, which I believe is the most prominent Joshi promotion right now. And like almost all Japanese promotions, Stardom has a bunch of different units, one of which is the top heel unit in the company, Oedo Tai. And Oedo Tai have had a bunch of different wrestlers come in and out over the years, Kagetsu, Hazuki, Tam Nakano, Hannah Kimura, uh, various foreign wrestlers like Chris Wolfe, Jamie Hayter, Session Moth Martina, so an eclectic mix of ladies, that's for sure. Their theme can be found on the album Stardom Goddesses of Music. This is the Oedo Ranbu. Another common type of Japanese theme, which is the mashup of the traditional East Asian music with the modern hard rock music. There have been so many of you know, these kind of themes over the years. Uh, here you have the flutes, the strings, kind of the tribal percussion in there as well, uh, the sensual Japanese ladies singing at the beginning, and then it all kicks off with the big rock guitars and the big drums dramas. The tempo speeds up and whatnot, and just... It becomes this total badass song. It's not the most original kind of song, of course, but one that I think always makes for a pretty cool sound in the end, John.
1: Yeah, so this, this unit, by the way, was founded by Hanakimura's mother, uh, Kyoko Kimura, because originally it was kind of like the... It started as Kimura Monster Goon, and then sort of just turned into Oedotai. And the you know the theme song makes a lot of sense when you think of what Oedotai means like the actual name, um, which is like the Kanji basically is Great Great Edo uh, Army, is what you basically would translate to in English. And Edo, of course, was what they called Tokyo um, before it was Tokyo, from like the, um, you know, when the city was founded in like the early 1600s until right when they, the Meiji Restoration happened in the late 1800s. So basically the theme, the name of the theme and the name of the unit is supposed to basically like already give you, like, you know, this nostalgic feeling of what Japan, Tokyo used to be. And Stardom is very, it's very Tokyo centric motion, so that also makes sense. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, so that's basically, I think, why they went with that very, like, traditional Japanese sound to it. Um, and then the, the song, the song name itself, you know, is basically like Oedo Rambu, which is like Oedo Wild Dance. And of course, they used to do a very elaborate dance. The big dance, dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, the, the name makes a lot of sense. They don't do the dance anymore. Andrew, you want to tell people why?
0: Didn't they lose a match where yes, they, lost, they put up a... the dance? It was like a like like a lucha de apuesta, you know? Yeah, <laughs> w- was... Wager your mask, your hair, your dancing, you know.
1: <laughs> do you know what they put the dance up against or now?
0: Um, I want to say I know it, but can't remember what it is right now
1: it was queen queen quest mask. those like tiger mask things they come out with
0: oh right the the cool masks right yeah yeah yeah.
1: now you could have gone either way with that because the the queen quest masks were like that started with eo shirai basically so you know you could have seen that going either way where like queen's quest will drop their masks since eo's gone and probably not coming back for a long time if ever but you know when when whale lost the dance they lost the dance the night before um, you know, they like a, a match where a unit was gonna have to break up. So, a lot of people were scared when they lost that dance. It's like, oh, they're just gonna break up a Wedo Tai now. But thankfully, Wedo Tai, to many Western brands, because this unit's very popular in the West, they survived. And instead, it was the Jungle Assault Nation, led by Jungle Kiona, that broke up, which then kind of sort of came into uh, the new Tokyo Cyber Squad unit, formed by former Wedo Tai member Hanakamura. So, it kinda of goes full circle there. But yeah, Sarato so Tai lives on and the Oito Ramboo lives on, but there's no more dance. And I always pre- I presume it's just they got tired doing the fucking dance. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I mean it must be really the same reason why like the the dancing went away in Dragon Gate for so long before uh Natural tr- Vibes. Before Natural Vibes brought it back, which much so good enough to do miyoki suka But yes I assume that just gets tiring after a while. It's like we have to do a whole Goddamn wrestling match. Why do we got to do a whole damn dance, too? So, yeah, they did get they talk about the dance, but the the wild dance theme lives on. And I do enjoy this theme quite a bit. It's a very fitting theme.
0: Yeah, it's a nice blending of styles, uh, much like how Uedo Tai is also this blending of styles, in a way. Um, you, you have this group of, you know, attractive women, many of whom are Japanese, and I think... They do have this intrinsic elegance to them, but that elegance is corrupted, so to speak, by the fact that they're bad guys, and they're badasses, and they wear all black. So you have also this song where it starts off with the beautiful, traditional Japanese music, but then it gets corrupted, it becomes this epic metal song.
1: Yeah, and I think it would give people like a bit of a nostalgic feeling, which makes sense for the name, so... The Great Edo, the Great Edo Army, but uh, but yeah, that's our way to tie, which you know, hopefully the the theme of the units keeps on for a while until the dance is gone.
0: Moving on now to a guy who just a few months ago became a freelancer, but had spent many years before that associated with the Wrestle One promotion. He's got a good look. A great personality, and maybe the best laugh in wrestling, depending on what you think of it. It's Jiro Ikemen Kuroshio, who, uh, John, you and I saw wrestle Rich Swan at WrestleMania Weekend in a fun little match there. His theme is by an artist named Masaharu Fukuyama. This is off of his 1995 album M Collection, Kaze o Sagashiteru. It's called, Hello. (laughs) Hello. Hasu nice you so everything about this song is just delightful you know it's just a, a lovely piece of music it's a nice, light, acoustic pop song, some sweet vocals. It's a love song about a guy who is yearning after somebody. There's a saxophone solo in there as well. It's just so pleasant and happy. And not every wrestler can make this work, obviously, but for a guy like Jiro, whose whole gimmick is that he's just a super happy guy, it totally works, John.
1: Yeah. I mean, he can you know, it's a very, like, um... It's a very Japanese, uh, traditional, like, type of, uh, you know, like a good-looking man who's, like, still masculine, but, like, they're, they still have, like, I don't know the best way to describe it. It's not, like, softer features, but, like...
0: Would metrosexual
1: work? Sort of. I I don't know if they're really, that's not really what they're going for. It's, like, it's tough to describe in, like, a, like, a Western context. It's just, like, basically... You can sort of say feminine qualities, but like it, it's supposed to bounce out with masculine qualities. It's not really supposed to just like, you know, maybe metrosexual is okay. But I think it's just, it seems a little bit, uh.
0: Hard to define, de- I think. Yeah, yeah,
1: hard to define. I mean, like, you know, you're also supposed to be very reserved. Um, you know, you're supposed to like give up this vibe that you're like maybe some kind of, uh, like smart person beneath the surface. So it's not just about your look, but you're also supposed to like. You know, just be very cool. Be very like, you know, the not out, not like overtly outgoing. Like just kind of in the corner. Instead of the guy I'm a dance floor in a club, maybe you're the guy in the corner who looks really cool but doesn't have to do anything. You know? Would you say want,
0: like, Tranquilo, perhaps? perhaps <laughs> Oh, maybe, yeah, a little on yeah, brand for John.
1: <laughs> there you go. But but yeah. So I mean, the character makes sense for him. He's just, he's very like he's over the top and flamboyant, but at the same time, he's you know, he's got like that, like, sort of noble air to him, too, so. It kind of looks him
0: Yeah, some of the lyrics here. When we look at each other passionately, I have a feeling that we could be lovers. When I wish for you in a parade of stars, I fill with strengthening emotions, causing sleepless nights. When romance starts to run, you can't stop it. Embracing an excitement that no one knows about, I'll be able to catch you and a smile. I'm sure. Like, you're not going to give this to Kanemaru. No. You're not going to give this to Takeda. You know, you can't give this to a, a gruff, gruff dude. You need a smiling, happy, go lucky guy to make this work. And Jiro is just that. He's got the big smile, the big laugh, the colorful suit jackets and the gear. and his, his look, his disposition, his gimmick, it all fits so well with the tone of the song. Can we...
1: Can we talk to I mean it sounds almost like a um like to me the first time I heard this I'm like this sounds like it's something from a like a Japanese like uh, sitcom or something
0: Funny but, you should say but that but it's actually from it's a, the theme song to a uh, show yeah, yeah it's
1: a theme song to a drama though which I found a little surprising like I can't imagine this being very dramatic but it's a show called Psycho no Katamori uh or also called White Love Story and Psycho no Kata, Katamori means like bo- best unrequited love so you know, I guess it's about a some kind of love story with uh, where only one person's into the other person, so.
0: and that's the song. It's on the lyrics. Yeah,
1: yeah, but it's like a let me let me read the synopsis of it because it's only two lines anyway.
0: It's a tale of one-sided love.
1: Karumi works in a travel agency. She falls in love with Kosuke after an accidental meeting on a train. Kosuke is a skiing ace. He's still in love with Noriko, a classmate from college. Noriko is trapped by her hopeless love for a married man. Karumi follows Kosuke and his friends on a skiing trip to snowy Hokkaido. Who can unravel this tangled web of one-sided love? There you go. So this only... Somehow this all got worked out in one season of 11 episodes, by the way. So from, like, January 95 to March 95. I mean, like, Japanese shows in general, a lot of them are just, like... It's not like American shows. where right? It's like Japanese shows, an- anime and otherwise, are like, here's our story, here- we're doing one season, goodbye. <laughs> like, that's basically it. So, it's a very different kind of vibe than these shows that just go on forever here.
0: I um, want to talk about the Jiro entrance. Yes, it's Because something. if you thought The Undertaker takes forever to get in the ring, <laughs> then you've never seen Jiro, because he takes so long to get in the ring. Like... He's going through the crowd, he's high-fiving people, he's doing cartwheels on the apron, and till T's going into the ring, but then he'll do stuff like jump from one apron over the turnbuckle to the other apron. He'll do this thing where he does like a serpentine in and out of the ropes, and he won't actually just get in the ring. It's a very comical entrance, and it's like he, he's so full of joy and happiness and jubilation that he just wants to show it off to the crowd as long as possible with his entrance.
1: I, did we even mention that he wears this jacket everywhere? Like, was one of his nicknames his jackets?
0: <laughs> we did not yet. No.
1: So, so he like tugs on it a lot as like part of the entrance. And like, I just in my head when I think of Ekman, what what I'll think of immediately is like him standing on the apron, holding the jacket with both hands, and like leading the crowd in chanting eat cab men but like doing it with his jacket like putting up one side putting up the other side <laughs> dut, putting dut, up the dut, other dut, side dut, yeah. dut. <laughs> and, like he does all this in like super great timing with the music too like he'll often time it so like his one of his like fake hop outs will be and then his like pose will be like or hopping in and out of the ring or whatever will be like right when the the chorus hits so you know it, he'll, he'll time that really really well so good job for him i guess and he'll do that multiple times too or like you know, every time the chorus hits, he'll time a, a fake ring entry and then a pose. So, I mean, he often goes through the entire, like, four-minute song, so...
0: Yeah, luckily, this song is four minutes long, so he's got plenty of time for the entrance. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, uh... The, but the funniest part to me is always when the referee's is getting mad. It's like, how are you, like... Is this your first day? I don't understand. It's like... <laughs> he does this every time. Like, why are you so upset? Like, I understand if it was his opponent, but it's like, what? You're the fucking ref. Do you, you really that... Bigger rush you'll get some sake? I don't understand.
0: It's like Wada in All Japan, when Kento has the guy's head against the <laughs> ring post and he's sticking his tongue out, bleh and Wada's trying to pull him off by the hair and the ears. And it's like, dude, he does it every single match. Just yeah. let him get it out of his system, please. Just just let him go, alright?
1: <laughs> but yeah, the ref some of the refs get very angry with Jiro and I'm like you need to chill. He does this every single time. It's not gonna, you're not going to be the one rep that's like, all right, this time I'm going to convince him to just get in the goddamn ring and start the match. He's like, no, it's not going to work.
0: All right, John, we've reached the final theme of the episode, the final wrestler, the final promotion, and I think we've saved the biggest and the best for last. This is for All Japan Pro Wrestling, and there have been, you know, just so many legends who have walked the hallowed halls of All Japan Pro Wrestling, Giant Baba, Jumbo Saruta, Genichiro Tenryu, the Four Pillars of Heaven, Stan Hansen, Jun Nakayama, Keiji Mudo, Suwama, Kento Miyahara, and none of them, none of them can hold a candle to this man. This man is an international icon. This man is a guaranteed future Hall of Famer. This man, ladies and gentlemen, is world-famous Yoshitatsu. And Yoshitatsu's theme is one that he originally used in New Japan before he made the jump to all Japan. It's by Inosuke Kitamura off of the album NJPW Greatest Music 3. This is World Famous. Sum this theme up as best I can. Eh. It's a, uh, you know, it's a theme. It's a theme. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it, it's fine. It's your standard big rock instrumental. I, I don't have much else to say about it, really, because there's not much to say about it, you know, but I will say this, though. I do love, I, I really do love the big dramatic piano intro. At yes! The
1: start. Okay, if I had to bring one thing about this song. He, this at the end of his New Japan run, especially, like, even, even pretty, way be- right before the end, actually. But once it was clear that he was, like, pretty much a bottom-the-tier guy. And he still had this long, dramatic, like, it's intro. It's this
0: big, epic build-up. <laughs> and it gets y'all pumped up. And, oh, here we go, baby, come on. But at the same time, it's for Yoshitatsu. And honestly, I got nothing against Yoshitatsu. <laughs> but still, it's this dramatic intro for Yoshitatsu?
1: It reminds me... It's funny because Yoshi and Yoshi. It reminds me of Yoshihashi. Yes. He
0: has, I thought of the same thing. When he has that long yes. intro and it's like... Uh, uh, it's for uh, uh, the... Uh, uh,
1: uh, it's like a 10-hour 10 10 long intro for you. I've sat in crowds where we're all just looking at each other like, why are we doing this? Why are we <laughs> sitting here? Sitting through this fucking intro for the man who just went like 1-8 and eight in the G1, Yoshihashi. But... G1 crowds will not sit through that this year. (laughs) But, But yeah, they have that in common. It's big, long... I remember when I sat through it, I I, I guess Invasion Attack 2016, he was in, like, a six-man tag or something, I think, for the the never I think it
0: was him, Tanahashi, and Elgin versus Kenny and the Bucks for the six-man belts. So I'm
1: pretty sure, even though he's team with Tanahashi, he got his own entrance with that theme song. I'm like, really, we can't just let him come out with Tanahashi's theme.
0: Well to be fair, this was right after he came back from the big broken neck injury. Yeah. But, which, you know, was a pretty big return for it, him. But, you know, even still, I mean, it's Yoshitatsu we're talking about yeah. here. You know, so we, so, the other thing
1: we need to talk about is what New Japan's IP department. Uh they gotta get somebody on the phone, I guess, because Yeah. Like, first of all he took he took the theme and apparently just uses it everywhere in, in, in all Japan and other places. He even had for the longest time. I think he still might have them, like these tights with the fucking Bullet Club logo on it, because he's a Bullet Club hunter. And I'm just like, why? He's been out of New Japan for like over, a, you know, over a year at some point, and I just turned on all Japan, and there he is, the Bullet Club hunter. I'm like, what? first of all, why is this allowed? Why is he allowed to have the Bullet Club logo on his tights still? And second of all you are you must be a pretty bad hunter because you're in the wrong... It's like you're calling yourself a line hunter and then you go to the Antarctic or something. It's like you're kind of in the wrong environment, buddy, for to hunt the Bullet Club. But, yeah, it was uh, very bizarre that he still... I think he still wears those to this day, even. You know, he does have the, that blue and red one that he wears a lot, too, now. But, but yeah, it's just very, very interesting. I have to admit, I miss the... I, it pissed a lot of people off back in the day, but I missed when he, like really leaned into the fact that he's the hunter and oh the pedigree it, it yeah. just it just had hunter on his tights and then he had and then he spit the water i the first time he did it, i laughed really hard i had to some people thought that was stupid or like geeky but i thought that was really fucking funny. So.
0: yeah and he wore the short trunks like triple h too <laughs>
1: yes yeah uh, i thought that was really funny but whatever some people hated it
0: well there was the whole bone soldier feud which was just fucking <laughs> garbage f- and His hair like became so curly and and dry looking and he looked really bad there for a long while. But then again, you know, uh, he did come back from a broken neck and whatever you want to say about the guy, he's not like amazing, but he's gotten better over the past few years since he went to all Japan. And I think it's pretty remarkable that he came back at all after that injury. So, you know, good on the guy.
1: I mean he's had he's had a good run in all Japan. He he's been in some really good tag matches with Kento. He he gets surprised every once in a while. I don't I got I got no complaints with Yoshitatsu. All
0: right, well that was the first edition of Jamin' Around Japan. I think it was a lot of fun to do. I don't know exactly when the next one will come out, somewhere down the road, I'm sure, but uh you know, I'm looking forward to it because Japan it has just so many great theme songs, and any time I get a chance to talk about them is Always very fulfilling and exciting, John.
1: Yes, I had a great time too. Andrew, thanks for having me on, I guess for my third time.
0: Yep, because the first one was Dragon Gate, the second was DDT, and this is more Japan stuff. So I I think we found your wheelhouse there, John.
1: Next time next time it'll be best of WWE, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Best of Ring of Honor. Uh, but not like classic Ring of Honor, like current Ring of Honor. Yeah, current Ring of Honor.
1: I was going to say, best of Ring of Honor, like classic, I, I'd be grateful. Ah, yeah,
0: yeah. Listen, I, I'd be down for that for sure, yeah.
1: I lived, I lived through the whole friggin' era, but no, best of Ring of Honor right now, My, like, yeah, man. No, not, not really.
0: All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, thank you, John for being back on the show here. It's always a treat talking to you uh, either here or on Wrestling Omikaze. And uh, this was no different for sure. Uh, So any plugs you want to give, go right ahead.
1: So we do Wrestling Omakase every single week. Um, You know, always different, different types of wrestling all the time, but obviously mainly Japanese wrestling. Uh, I think this is coming out right after we would have just put up an episode from live from Dallas after the, G1 Dallas show which I have not yet attended but I will be attending and I will have attended by the time you listen to this it's Very, I feel like I'm in WCW in 1992 right now but there you go <laughs> so definitely check that out our live thoughts from Dallas um, we'll be following along with the G1 all summer uh, the next episode after you listen to this should probably be we'll be doing the G1 first few nights in Japan plus also DDT Peter Pan so definitely look out for that Um, And you can follow us on Twitter at WrestleOmakase. Andrew, do you know why that is?
0: Because Wrestling Omikase is too long for Twitter.
1: Yes, wrestling did not fit.
0: (laughs) Oh, Twitter. Oh, Twitter. And uh, Music of the Mat is also part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, just like Wrestling Omikase. You can find our two podcasts and other great podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. You can check out the YouTube playlist for this and all past episodes at the VOW forums. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash forum. And, of course, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Uh, John, thank you again, and I'll see you around.
1: Thanks, Andrew.
0: All right, for John Carroll, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys.
1: Music of the Mat is intended for
0: entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.